the sovereignty of God and God putting everything in its place, his people in his place, when, how, why, every bit of it was orchestrated by God. We looked at the history of what the nation had done to set themselves up for this position. And God had a plan through all of it. God had a plan to um, use his people. God had a plan to catch the attention uh, of this nation and of these people that he had dropped them in in the midst of Nebuchadnezzar. And we talked about how for three years he put them through this training. In the midst of this, Daniel speaks out. And they were saying, you have to eat of this meat offered to idols. Raised his hand. He said, I'm not doing that. We talked about how there is a changing world. But there's some things in us that just cannot change. Because our convictions cannot change. For every one of us, you you need to understand. I, I don't care what happens in the world. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel just stepped in and said, there's, hey guys, there's just some things that we cannot change. And conviction is something that we find in the Bible that we're convicted of. I, I can give you my opinion, and, and you might be persuaded of your opinion, but I'll tell you, when I give you the word of God, it speaks to our heart, it changes our mind, and we're convinced that there's no other way. It's conviction. You can't change my mind with the things that we've talked about. You can't change my mind when it comes to what God has said about marriage, or right and wrong, or sin in our nation, you cannot change my mind. You know why? Because God said it. And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. He said, you know what? There's the line. I'm not crossing it. But then we also realize that their influence didn't change. If God places me in Judah, I'm going to try to be a witness. But if God places me with Nebuchadnezzar in this, this wicked land, then my, I'm here to be an influence. And they were. What happened through their influence and them having the right attitude and them acknowledging that God was in control? In Daniel chapter 1 verse 9 it says, And God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. I'm not there. I don't know what it is. But something about them watching and watching and watching. They were like, man, I kind of like you. I, I see what I see over here. But man, there's something about this guy. Because there should be an attractive feature to Christians. That does not mean that we don't stand up. And sometimes we are trying to be so politically correct that we're afraid of stepping on people's toes. Daniel stood up right and said, I'm not doing that. Hey, I like that. I think people are looking for people that will speak up what is right and what is wrong. Our voices are silenced. When we don't speak out, they don't hear truth. They can't follow truth. Let me show you a little more what happens. Look at verse 18, Daniel 1.18. Now at the end of the days that the king had said that he should bring them in, and the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them he found none like Daniel. And then the three names follow us, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they changed their name. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king uh, inquired of them, He found them ten ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. Daniel later testifies and he says, King, the wisdom that I have comes from God. And I do believe with all of my heart, when Christians are willing, and guys, I'm I'm serious when I say, when Christians are willing to say that I'm going to stand on my convictions, I'm going to have the right attitude, I'm going to honor God, I'm going to do these things, that God elevates us into a position to be a voice for him. And a lot of times God's not elevating us because too much our voice is silenced or we're worried about offending and God can't raise us up because there's nothing coming out of our lips to raise up to be heard. Well, they are faithful. 
God uses them. In chapter 2, Daniel ends up interpreting the king's dream. He was king, the ting, king was tormented not knowing the interpretation of the dream. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 1, in the second year of his reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed some dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep broke from him. No one had the answers. He called for all the astrologers and all the people of wisdom, all the people of rank, and he gathered them around, and they all said, we have no clue. But all of a sudden, somebody did have the answer to the king being so miserable. It was the one that followed God. Because I tell you, as the world gets miserable, there's people that are going to be out there that God says, you have the answer to what they're missing. You have the answer to why they're so perplexed or why they're so tormented. I'm not trying to rush through this. I want to get to the point so we can roll into communion. In verse 47, if you jump up, after Daniel interpreted the dream, and I want to show you what happens. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth, that is, that your God is a God of gods. We'll come back to that. And the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made him, made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the providence of Babylon and the chief of the governors over his wise men of Babylon. And Daniel requested of the king that he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Now, this is important because we're about to roll in the next aspect of this story. And a lot of people don't get to draw the conclusion or the connection of what's going on. See, what happened is God elevated them and now they're people of influence. It's not just a matter of them speaking out, but God's raising them up to be people of influence. Guys, you know why our nation is no longer a one nation follow God and following these biblical principles? Because we've lost our voices of people stepping up, doing what's right and speaking out. And I, I do believe that it's important that we take into consideration that it does matter who was elevated or who was put into a position to speak out. I take this to, out of high regard with me as a pastor. Guys, there is something, and I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not trying to elevate myself. If you guys know me at all, I, I don't have that mindset when it comes to my position. But I do believe for me to stand here is a high calling of God. And I do believe if I have the responsibility of giving the word of God, that I have to take that serious. And I cannot be swayed by the opinions of people. And I cannot be swayed by the, the facts of the direction of the world or the world around us. I cannot be swayed by that. I've got to preach truth. And when you do that, it's not always going to be liked. But I do believe that God sets us up to give us opportunities to do this. Daniel 3.1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits and he set it in the plain of Dura in the providence of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent and gathered together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and listen to this, and the rulers of the providences, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. A lot of times when this story is told, people don't fully understand because they make it sound like all these people gathered together and there's just droves of people and they all, almost put all the other people of Judea that were also brought in to do the same thing because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel weren't the only ones brought in. The reason why these three men and not even Daniel, because if you go back to Daniel, Daniel sat at the gate of the king. He had a different position, but these men were put into being over the providence of Babylon. So here they are in the midst of all these other leaders. You know what the job of leaders is? The job of leaders is to speak up and speak out. That is our job. 
When a nation falls or a nation goes out, like a shepherd, if a pastor's not leading, just like Jesus said, they hear my voice and they follow me. If I am not leading in the right way and I'm not speaking truth, then the sheep gets uh, scattered. Things fall apart. So God raises up leaders and put them in the right places. To come to the dedication, the image with Nebuchadnezzar the king had set. We read Daniel chapter 2 verse 49. We see how they got there is for the, the fact that they were put in that position. God's setting everything up. Do you guys see the hand of God in all this? Daniel interprets the dream. Daniel comes before them. I got three friends. They're put in this. Those three friends are brought before this statue. And every bit of it, God's like playing this game, if you will, and sliding it in and say, all right, now it's time for this, and now I'm putting in this. But a lot of times we're sitting there, oh man, look at this. God placed them deliberately in a place to make a decision. But let me show you this. I'm going to show you four things and we'll have communion. Number one, they were pressured. They were pressured. I don't know who you are, if it's a dad, if it's a leader, whatever role you have, I promise you, with leadership comes pressures. With leadership comes pressures. Daniel 3.3, then the prince, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the providence were gathered together unto the dedication of the image of Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image of Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They were standing face to face, literally brought them face to face with the decision. Put them there, there they are. So what are you going to do? The next verse says, then the herald cried out to you, it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages. Have you ever stopped and asked why it says it like that? To you it is required, you people, nations, and languages. See, there was other people there than just the ones of that land. There was other ones, meaning Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the midst of them facing an idol, saying, I know that some of you are not familiar with doing this. And I know that this goes against some of you. But here's the thing. You were commanded. You don't have a choice. You people from other nations and other languages and other people. When you come before this, this is what you will do. You will bow. You will conform. You will do what we say to do. You don't have a choice. Pressure is on us when we're pushed into doing something that is contrary to what we believe. I have a high respect for places like Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A. Do you realize that when Hobby Lobby was forced because of the, the Affordable Health Care Act that came in, that they were forced to be able to put in, in, not going into all the details of it, but to go against what they firmly believed was wrong. And they said, you don't have a choice. Your business, you have to do this. And I can't remember the astronomical amount of money for every day that they would not comply. They were fined like, I, I want to, like a million dollars or something crazy. And the owner of that said, listen, before I compromise, I will shut this business down. But my convictions come first. And at the end of it, they won. You say, how is that possible? I'll tell you how it's possible, because they stood up. They were pressured in, saying, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And Chick-fil-A did the same thing. And when God's people rose up and said, hey, we stand with them, we stand for what they believe in, they, they had one of the highest grossing days in history. You know why? Because God stands with them that stands up. And all of this is going on when the world pressures us and when the world pushes you. And I'm telling you, in or out of church, the pressure that's going to be put on us is not just in the world. It can be from our own. 
of people sitting there saying, hey, don't, and hey, just be quiet, and hey, you know, da, da, da. it's not to be that way. We will be pressured. Let me throw it on you. You're going to be pressured at work. Hey, where do you, what do you believe about that? I mean, because the company stands this way. Or what do you believe? You know, and, and, and I know we're not the boycott our jobs and leave. I, I tell you, we live in the world. Guys, remember, we live in the world. You boycott the world, you're going to end up living under a rock in Canada, okay? I mean, you, get, you can't boycott the world. But that doesn't mean that we have to adapt to the world. And it does mean that there's going to be times that we're pressured in when you're a, a coach or whatever it is, when you're a student in high school or you're on a sideline somewhere, you're going to be pressured to do the wrong thing. They were pressured. What they were about to do would go against culture. What they were asked to do is to do what everybody else was doing. They were pressured. But I also want you to see they were not only pressured, but they were targeted. You can't stand up in a point of position. You cannot stand in a point of authority. Mom and dad, you cannot stand up and don't think the target's not going to be put on your back. You will be targeted. See, what happens in this, and and I'm I'm not trying to retell the story because I know most of you guys know this story, but Daniel chapter 3 verse 12 After they would not bow and they went in, they said, There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. Now listen what it says to follow. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They already had a reputation. Because I, you could say, hey, we found three guys that are not bowing to the thing. He said, you know what? Those three guys that are not bowing down are the guys that I told you. They don't worship our God. They don't worship our God. At that point, it wasn't just about them bowing down to that. They already had a reputation. It started way back with a decision about eating meats. Now it's a decision life or death. Let me tell you guys, if we can't decide where we're going to stand when it comes to the little things, you'll never stand for the big things. You think it's, it's not a big deal when we get up here and we start talking about these issues and say, oh, what's the big deal? And all oh, blow it over and all, oh, it's better just to leave it untouched. That's why we're in the position we're in. We cannot ignore those things. We cannot look past them. It's not okay. So they don't serve our God. May we all have that reputation. They knew their hearts and they knew they stood for God. Can I show you just... Just because I, I, I want to show you, and I know I'm focusing on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but let me show you the same thing was true with Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, because Daniel was in the same thing. He stood for God. He followed them. They saw respect, had respect to him. Then, then this Daniel, this Daniel, was preferred above the, the presidents and the princes. There was already jealousy because an excellent spirit was with him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. You, you don't think a Christian like that's going to be targeted? <laughs> then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning his kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor faults. What, what an awesome reputation. And that's what it should be of pastors and preachers and things. Not when we stand for righteousness and they find out that we're fakes and phonies behind the scenes. They could not find anything. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Let me tell you how the church will be attacked. They're going to attack us this way. I'm not saying that to be doom and gloom, but I promise you, if any of you, and I know there's 
plenty of chaos going on with Facebook and things like that. But I tell you, I reposted a video, and it's coming clear out and saying that the, that the, the religious, the, the, the ones that have do, deep religious-rooted beliefs have to be changed. Guys, do you understand that when we stand for this, we automatically set our sides to be radicals? We, we are no longer, we are the minority. We, we are not the ones that are standing up, going with the flow, and we will be targeted. They were pressured. They were targeted. And they were bold. They were literally standing face to face with death. They bring them in. They, they literally fire up the furnace, standing them, having them there. Back in Daniel 3.16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Now, a lot of different ways that could have been, this could have been said. He said, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They literally said, dude, there's no debating this. That, that's what it means. I don't have to process this. I don't have to think through this. My heart was decided way back when I was back in Judah. I, I know where I stand and I will not compromise on where I stand. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. They already made their choice. They already knew where they stood and why they stood there. Somewhere along the line, we've become more worried about being politically correct than we are being biblically correct. What happened to us? What happened to us when we allow the government to speak louder than the church when God gave us this land to preach the word of God? It's time to be bold. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego at the end of the story made a great difference, but let me remind you, it started because they were not wimps. Guys, if we're going to stand behind this pulpit, don't be a wimp. Don't dance around sin. Don't dance around issues. Don't sit there and try to pet people and appease people. We can't do it. Truth is truth. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. That's it. And the day that we sit there and we're all worried about who we're going to offend is the day that we fail. He said, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be careful to do this. I'm just going to tell you how it is. Combine this thought with the next one. They were not only bold, but they were vocal. Verse 17, if it be so, our God who we serve is able to serve us, will be able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of the hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up either by my life or by my death, but I will not compromise. I have been told that things that I have said is out of line. And I'm here to declare to you that I make no apologies whatsoever for what I have said, read, or played in the services. Not at all. There is too much at stake. The church cannot be quiet, and I refuse to be quiet. I, I want to bring you guys to a passage in 1 Kings eighteen seventeen, and I think Richard will be able to pull this up. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Now just so you guys know, Ahab was the king. Elijah was the prophet. Ahab was the political person. Elijah was the preacher. It came to pass that Ahab saw Elijah 
And Ahab said unto him, Aren't thou and all your religious freaks ruining this nation? And he said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. What boldness. Now you're going to ask this question, what right did a prophet have dealing with a king? What right does a pastor have dealing with confronting wickedness of this nation? People would sit there and say, I'll tell you what we need. We need more Elijah standing up to Ahab's. Then we need more, more pastors standing up to politics. Do not sit there and applaud Elijah when we shoot down the pastor for doing what's right. We don't have a choice. I've been bought with a price, therefore I will glorify God in my body, which belongs to him. I'm not here because I want to. I'm here because I'm called. And I want to do what I'm doing, but I'm telling you, what we do as a church and what we do as a people matters. And I thought, how many stories in the Bible do we read and we look up to because someone was bold enough to stand up and speak out? And maybe that's the reason why we've gotten to the place where we are today, because less people are willing to speak up and speak out. What was God doing in all of this? After Daniel interpreted the dream, God gave him answers. And let me show you Daniel 2, verse 47. Daniel 2, verse 47. I'll close with this. And the king answered unto Daniel and said, Of truth it is that your God is a God of gods. Wrong. Sorry. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, that sounds really good. I appreciate the compliment, but you are way, way wrong. My, not, my God is not a God amongst gods. Our God is the God. And see, Nebuchadnezzar didn't have that, but God wasn't done with the story. See, they spoke up and they had influence and they had position and they were targeted and and all these other things, but God was not done with them. See, God, like I said in the close of service this morning, sometimes God has to bring us to the fire because I believe there's a world that is familiar with God, but a world that has not experienced the power of our God. I heard uh, Jen and I were pulling out our Christmas lights and doing different things. And just for the thrill of it, they were playing Christmas music in November 1st. And I'm like, okay, this isn't right. But it was just the radio thing. And uh, a song came out of a group that is a secular group singing these words. And they're talking, Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. And I thought, you know what? We live in a world that is very familiar with the things of God. But they have not experienced the power and the change of God. And I think that what God does in certain situations, he puts us and sets us up for the world to experience the power and change through God's people. So Daniel 3.25. And you guys know this is the end of the story after they were put in the fiery furnace and they came out or they're in it. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form... It's like the fourth, like the Son of God. And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God. No longer was he talking to the people that served a God of gods. But this time they addressed him as they stood in the fire and said, Wow, I think I see the Son of God. And he's real, yes. Thank you for veggie tales. 
And I see him in the midst of that, and he is the God of the Most High God. Do you you guys see the difference of sometimes what God brings us through? For the world to see us still standing, whether we're standing for the meats, whether we're standing in front of their choices, or we're standing in the fiery furnace, God was standing with all of them. At the end of it, they saw it. Their God is the one true God. You say, why is it important that we speak out? Why is it important that we speak up? Why is it important that we're bold? Why is it important that I say and do the things that we're doing right now? Because nobody is going to experience the one true God if our mouths are shut. There's too much at stake. I know you guys stand with me, but I'll tell you, (laughs) we're going to get targeted. We're going to face opposition. I'm, I'm just here to tell you, and I'm not saying that the, it's just the world that we live in. Guys, it was a different, a different day and age for me, a whole different experience for me. The day that I went to court with myself, Gene Maynard, and uh, the Christian Law Association. And I'm sitting in that room, and they bring me up on trial, and they start t- telling us about how your land is not ta- tax-exempt, and how, da, 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 and, you know, drilling me, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Because I'm on trial defending our land of being tax exempt, the saying that it's no longer for that, that area of our land is not used for religious purposes and we have the right to make you pay taxes and things like that. And I walked out of there. We, we lost the case, by the way. And it just is a wake up call. This world is changing. It's changing. But we've got to know what does not stand and what, what does not change. We've got to stand on those things that do not change. 